Let's take our Bibles this morning, if we would, and turn to Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew chapter number 28. So today I'm going to preach on this passage, and the next Sunday we'll preach on a different text, and then uh, toward the end of May we will begin again uh, series through a book of the Bible, and if you want to be reading toward that, we're going to study the book of Nehemiah for a little bit, and that's in the Old Testament, the book of Nehemiah this summer. So um, I would encourage you just to read through that book a few times. This morning I want to just kind of talk to you about the concept of sovereign simplicity. I wasn't quite sure what to title this sermon, but I love this passage of Scripture. And so the Bible reads, verse number 18 of Matthew 28, and Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All power, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. So go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and then, lo, or behold, I am with you, even to the end of the age or until the end of the world. And so when we bring ourselves to this text, I, I just think that it, just for a few moments, I want to talk about this concept of God's sovereignty and the simplicity of the message that is before us. I remember years ago when I was uh, in seminary, uh, we were in a class that was uh, talking about church life. And back then it was a real buzz thing to have vision statements and mission statements and, and uh, all of these kinds of things. And, and certainly they have their place and importance, but I'm just terrible with putting slogans together. In fact, sometimes I put the whole sermon together and by Thursday or Friday, Lynn is texting me or somebody else is texting me, what's the title? Yeah, Miss Kathy for the midweek email. What's the title? What's the, I don't know. I'm not good with titles. I'm not too great with those slogan statements. And I was in this class and a friend of mine was sitting beside me and we were trying to come up with a vision statement for the church and what that should look like. And of course, uh, the only thing I know what to do is to look at the Scripture. And the Bible, I mean, that's about as clear of a mission statement as I can possibly find. And so all that really matters, that's the real vision of the church, right? Those verses. And then you're just looking for a way to put it together. And I remember my buddy was sitting right beside me and I looked over on his paper and I said, look, I'm not going to steal without asking for permission. But I said, that looks great. Can I use that a few years from now or whenever I go to pastor? Can I use that statement? And he said, well, yeah, I think you can. So therefore, Manual Baptist Church, proclaiming the gospel, reflecting the kingdom. Now you know where our church vision and mission statement came from. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, every human being Deep within the inside of us, we long for a purpose. We long for some sort of desire and purpose and focus and vision that gives us something that draws our life straight and causes us to live for something that is so far and vastly beyond our own life and our own ideas and when we don't live such a narcissistic kind of life, but we live for something that is far beyond ourselves and this text gives us a focus and a purpose for which to live our life. Now you might be, uh, maybe, maybe you're a business person or maybe you 
work in uh, education and you're a teacher or maybe you're in here today and you're longing and desires to be an artist or maybe you want to be a film director or whatever it is that you want to do with your life, you feel that's a good direction, that is a wonderful and God wants you to use your talents and your skills and your abilities to do whatever He has set in your heart. But what God ultimately wants you to do is whatever you decide to do with your life, the great purpose is that that comes underneath the divine purpose of bringing glory to God by making disciples of all nations. Amen? And that's what this text is about. And I think that's what's wonderful is, if you notice in verse 19 and verse number 20, you can see the simplicity of the message. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I was walking around the office uh, earlier this week. I was just praying for all of our people. And I was thinking, Lord, listen, I I don't want to make things complex. The mission is simple. God's great plan and God's great purpose and God's great desire for your life and my life is to make disciples of all nations. So let me just point out a few things in the time that we have remaining this morning. Let me just show you, first of all, the sovereignty of this passage. Notice from verse number 18 and the latter part of verse number 20 that this whole mission and purpose that God has for our life is wrapped up or bookended upon the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you say? And Jesus came up to them and said this, All authority is given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go. What is the impetus of the gospel? What is the groundwork? What is the undergirding of our mission that to go into all the world and make disciples? What is behind all of that? The authority of Jesus Christ. That would have been a good place to say amen, church. I'm not trying to do something on my own. I'm not trying to be innovative. I'm not hoping that my message catches on and that I have some sort of cute little statement. I'm not hoping that you come each week and that you live each week out of your own power and your own resources and your own ability. What I am telling you is that we as the church of Jesus Christ have the very authority that He Himself has been given by the Father. Amen? Look on the latter part of that. It's bookended. So in verse 18 is the authority of Christ. In verse number 20, what does it say? And lo or behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. On both sides of the Great Commission is the sovereignty of Jesus Christ, His authority and His presence. What else could you need or want or desire in your Christian life to live the way that God designed you to live and to fulfill the mission and the purpose that God designed for you, but to know that when you leave here today, you walk out of here under the authority of the divine Son of the living God and His presence is with you wherever you go. Do you live that way? Or do you live on the defensive? And much less for some of us, not living on the defensive, but we live such nonchalant, passive Christian lives. And the only purpose we have is the next sitcom or the next show that we want to watch on Netflix For many of us, the purpose that we live for is how much money we have in the bank, how many bills we can get paid this month, whether we can go on vacation, all of these things. And there's nothing wrong with all of those concepts and all of those ideas, but I think all of those things have to be submitted under the mission that God has for our life to make disciples of all the nations by going to them and baptizing them and teaching them to observe. That is the greatness and the glory of the mission of God. How do we bring glory to God? We bring glory to God 
God by making disciples of all nations. And if that is the simple mission of your life and my life as a believer, let me just ask this application question. How would you do this week? Did you share the gospel with any other human being this week? Did you take time to give your testimony to anybody this last week? Did you invite any human being to come to church and hear the gospel in the last seven days? Now, if the answer there for you is, no, I didn't do that. I don't want you to beat up on yourself. This isn't a sermon for me to crush you with. It's just a sermon through the Scripture for us to come to Jesus and say, hey, wait a second, maybe I've gotten a bit off course. Maybe the purpose and the design and the vision and mission of my life has become a little bit more about me and a little less about His kingdom and His glory and the gospel going to all the nations. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you're a believer and you're a member of this church, or if you're a believer and you're not a member of this church, it is the mission for all believers in every place all around the world that we are to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And I want to want you to leave here today not being discouraged, not being cast down and beat up, but I want you to know that you leave here and you have all that you need to fulfill that mission. And what is it? It is the sovereign power of Jesus Christ. His authority, His Word, His power. He says, all authority, not some authority, but all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. And when you see that phrase there, in heaven and in earth, all throughout Scripture, it doesn't just mean uh, both, but it means everything in between in heaven and in earth and all in between. He has all the authority, everything that you're going to face, every relationship, every person that you'll come into contact with in the next week. Jesus has the authority for you to fulfill that one simple mission of making disciples. Will you rely on Him? Will you trust Him? Will you lean on Him? Some of you are here today, and it scares you. you, you listen, you, you, can, you can dance a jig. Uh, you can uh, play games. You can put yourself out there. But if somebody says, I want you to invite somebody to come to Mother's Day service next Sunday, you get your heart way up in your throat, and you stammer over all of your words. You get scared to death to talk to an unbeliever. What if a coworker? what if it gets awkward? Right? In the break room, and then I say something, and they don't want to go, or they go somewhere else, and all of a sudden it's really quiet over lunchtime. Brothers and sisters, you leave this place in the authority of Jesus to carry out the mission that God sent you to do. Just had a quick illustration come to my mind, just looking out over our congregation. You ever think about law enforcement? When a police officer goes into a situation that is dangerous and sometimes outnumbered, that police officer doesn't go in the power of himself, or at least he shouldn't. He has a shield on his chest. He has a badge. He's, he's been commissioned by an authority that is greater than himself. And when he goes to serve and protect the community at large, he doesn't go under his own banner. He goes under the authority of that greater commissioning agency. So when you leave here today and you're going to go try and fulfill the Great Commission by making disciples, you don't do so in your own authority, in your own power. And the word authority there, some of your translations may say power. Uh, it, 
The reason why the, I think authority is probably the best word to use there is the word there for power or authority is it's not just emphasizing some sort of tyrannical rule that God can beat you over the head with. No, it is saying a rightful power. The one who owns this power, he is rightful and he is just and he is faithful and he is good. And we want the kind of sovereign God in heaven that doesn't just wield about power at his own whim and do what he wants. No, he does so from a standpoint of his character that has been revealed in Scripture, that he is good and he is kind and he is merciful and he is justice. And the authority that Jesus has, we leave here today. And I, please hold your head up as a believer and walk out with authority, not your own, but derived from Jesus Christ. And remember this, when you go into the school system and you're there with your friends and all the, all the things that go on and you'll be the only believer in your class and you feel belittled and ostracized and put to the side and you don't want to say anything because you don't want to be the weirdo there or maybe in your job. Now, let me say something to all of you. What's the last part say? I am with you even to the end of the age. Sometimes young people will come to me and ask me, how come I can't feel my faith? And part of the reason why that is, is you never put yourself in a position where you need to. I'd say that's the same for adults too, wouldn't you? I want, to, I want to know the power of God. I want, to, I want to see God do wonderful and mighty things in my life. I want to see, I want to live for Him. I want to feel my faith. And yet, we don't want to press into Jesus and be obedient to Him. If you want to know whether God exists or not, just make an effort every day of your life in dependence upon the Spirit of God to live the life of Jesus. If you do that, you'll find that He'll meet you there and He'll walk with you every step of the way in all of your heartache, in all of your pain, in all of your frustration, in all of the things that make up our lives, Jesus will meet you there. He'll give you the authority and He will give you the divine presence of God to fulfill the Great Commission. All right, so let me talk about the simplicity of the message. You see the center part there, verse, um, verse 19 and verse 20. Okay, all my English teachers in here this morning, you're going to love me. Everybody else that didn't like English in high school, you're about to conk out, but that's okay. It's good stuff anyway, all right? Listen, take a deep breath. Do you remember verbs and participles? How much you loved verbs and participles? It's good stuff. All right. Man, I lost three-fourths of you. All right, so let me show you. Verse 19, the main verb in this whole passage is this, make disciples of all nations. All right? And there's three participles that help you to understand how we make disciples of all nations. Now, many of your versions it will say, go therefore, right? But that's a participle, and the word there means going. And then do you see a little later in the verse where it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, right? So going and baptizing, and then do you see in the next verse where it says, and teaching, right? So we have three participles here, these going, baptizing, and teaching. The way that we make disciples of all nations and bring glory to God, the simple message for us, the purpose of our church, the purpose of our own individual lives is to make disciples of all nations. And how do we do that? By going, by baptizing, and by teaching. So let me say a couple of words and then I'll hit those three and we'll be done for today. First of all, I want you to see there that it says making disciples of all nations. And the word there is the word for ethnicity. 
All people groups, all nations, all kinds of people. And isn't it interesting that Matthew is writing the Gospel of Matthew primarily, primarily from a Jewish perspective, but by the time that you get to the end of Matthew, the Gospel is not for the Jew. The Gospel is for the people of God who will be called by His elect and divine will all people in all nations at all times that will bow the knee to Jesus. Those are the people that will be saved. Amen? Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Just like I told you last week, one of the fundamental evidences of salvation is the absence from racism in the heart. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Colossians, that there is no more uh, Jew and Gentile, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all there is, and He is in you all. We make disciple of all nations. That's why our church supports missions for the um, International Mission Board all around the world. That's the reason why we take trips to El Salvador with the churches that we partner with. That's the reason why we're going to Boston in a few months. That's the reason why we're seeking to reach out to the local area here in Raleigh because we want to make disciples of everyone. Regardless of their background, regardless of their finances, regardless of the color of their skin, we bring Christ to people and make disciples of all nations. Three points of how you do that. First of all, it says, go therefore, or going. Now, making disciples is the primary verb in that passage. It's what we're supposed to do. But there needs to be an intentionality about what we do. We need to go. We need to be about the business of sharing the gospel, inviting people to church, loving on the lost. We need to be intentional. And that word go there has two forms. It's both an active and it's a passive. So there should be an intentionality. There should be an intentionality about the way that we go. You should be looking for ways to take the gospel to your coworkers, to your family, to your friends. You ought to be getting out there and going and bringing the gospel. It also has a passive way of saying, while you go or as you live, make disciples. And so some of you in this room, you'll never be able to go with this, uh, maybe because of uh, physical condition or uh, monetary issues or something like that. You may not be able to go to the farthest ends of the world physically, but right where you are, as you live, as you're gardening, as you're at the grocery store, as you're standing in lines, learn to look around you for opportunities. And if you pray for it and look for it as you go, God will bring those into your life that you might make disciples. So, hey, I'm at the tag office this last week. By the way, note to self, a little off to the side in parenthesis, don't go to the tag office at the end of the month. <laughs> don't procrastinate because the line was out the door. So I'm standing there in the tag office, in line, and uh, the Lord's burdening my heart about the message for this Sunday. And so there's a lady in front of me, and I, I just, you know, I, y'all, think I, y'all think I'll do this well up here, but I, when I'm talking to somebody one-on-one with the gospel, I get nervous. And I'm like, uh, so... You're in line. And, man, I already started like a goober. You do? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm in line just like you are. Uh, and so I um, started to talk a little bit. I find out uh, she goes to a um, particular denomination. And 
It's like, okay. And so and she said, I've been this lifelong. I, I grew up in this way from the cradle. And I said, wow, oh, okay. And I said, so help me understand, because I come from a different tradition and a different denominational background. And I, I said, so um, when did you own your religion? Like when, when did you really have a relationship with God through Christ? And, and uh, oh, I pray. She said, I pray to God every day. And I said, well, I said, wow, that's wonderful. And I said, well, what do you understand about Jesus and salvation? How do you know that you're going to heaven? And she said, because I follow the golden rule. Oh, man. I said, oh, man, you know, when you get to that point, you're like, oh, this is going to be awkward because we're not to the front of the line yet. And I, <laughs> I said, um, I said, hey, ma'am, uh, you, you believe the scripture like I do. And I said, what do, how, would you, how would you work through this verse? Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that, for by grace are we saved through faith. And it's, it's not of ourselves, not of our own works, so that we don't get the glory or we don't boast, but it's all of the work of Jesus on the cross. And that the only way that we have a relationship with the Father and go to heaven when we die is by putting our trust and confidence in Him and His work on the cross. No lie, she like turned and started talking to somebody else. <laughs> I share that with you just to say this. Some of you, you come up to me sometime, you're like, man, it's not working out for me. You know, I don't, I don't have like the evangelist stories where thousands are getting saved and every time I get on an airplane, somebody trusts Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. It doesn't happen for me either. But God never called me nor equipped me to force people to get saved. God called me and equipped me with His divine sovereign authority and presence to go intentionally and as I go to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what He's called you to do. We make disciples, we go, we bring people to the gospel that they might put their confidence and faith in Jesus. We make disciples by baptizing them quickly. We make disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just quickly say this. The word baptize there means to immerse, to put down, to dip, to dunk, okay? And so it's talking about immersing them. And yes, it does have to do with water baptism. That's why when people trust Jesus as their Savior, we baptize them in the baptistry. The baptism doesn't save them, but it is a visual means of bringing the heart and the church closer to the gospel. It's a reflection of what Jesus did, that He went down into the grave and that He died there. And when He rises, we leave our old man in the grave and we come up alive and new and well with a new life of Jesus. It is a visual illustration of what Jesus has done for us through the gospel. But I also want to submit to you that the baptism being talked about in this passage, that way that we make disciples is not just about dunking them in the water, but it is by immersing them into the Trinitarian presence of God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's not just talking about making people wet. He's talking about bringing them to faith in Jesus and then helping them to see that they live in the new life of the gospel where God is their great Father and the Son is now living in them and the Spirit is the sealer and the guide and the comforter and that we live in the presence of the Trinity. 
And I hope if you're in here today and you haven't thought about that for a while, when you wake up tomorrow, you are not some lonely soul. But if you're a believer, you walk in the power of the Trinity on high, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then the great omission is the third part. Look what it says. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. The gospel is not just about getting people converted to Jesus and leaving them out there. In fact, if you have an understanding of the gospel whereby somebody can be saved and not come, not be a disciple of Jesus, you have a wrong understanding of the gospel. As John Wesley once said, faith works. If you have faith in Jesus, you follow Jesus. We teach people in this place. And we should be teaching our families, brother. We should be teaching people here. We should be teaching each other. All the things that Jesus commanded for us to do what he said with his mouth and how he lived his life. That's what we do. Are you doing that? Are you discipling those that are around you by teaching them to observe all that Jesus commanded? I was reading the story this past week of a Christian rapper, Lecrae, and lived such a, such a messed up, sinful, wicked life. They said that when he was younger, they called him Crazy Cray. You know what he said? You understand why he came to Jesus? He said, because I came to understand that it was not just about being, uh, not just about having my sins forgiven, but that it wasn't just truth, but it was absolute truth, and that the gospel affects me on the inside and on the outside, and the totality of my life should be surrendered to him, teaching us to observe all things that he commanded. I was reading in a article this past week, they said that uh, on average, kids ask uh, 125 questions a day. All my parents are saying, it's much more than that. (laughs) 125, 125 questions a day, children ask. On average, do you know how many questions a day adults ask? Six. What happens... Well, I would say probably our pride comes into play as adults and we think we know everything. And as a child, the world is wide open and we are looking to receive. But I just want to ask you this. Where does it come to in your learning and teaching and growing into observing all things whatsoever Jesus commanded you? You want to know the Christians in this church that I know that are walking with God? You don't have to tell me. The people that are walking with God and trying to learn and grow, they're the ones that call me or email me or text me or come by and say, Pastor, I don't understand this. Can you help me out here? How does this work out? How am I supposed to be thinking about this law that's going into uh, our state? And How should I understand this text? And Where should I begin reading it? Uh, and learners ask questions. What about you? Did you ask any questions this last week of the Lord? of the Word, of your parents, of your wife, of your friends, of your pastor. Sovereign simplicity. What's what's the task this week? To bring glory to the God of heaven by making disciples of all nations. We're to intentionally go and share the gospel. We are to baptize them, yes, in the water. We are to help them to come to the understanding that they live in the power of a Father and a Son and the sweet Spirit of God. And we are to teach them to observe all things that Jesus has commanded. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a minute? Hey, hey church, 
in just a few moments we'll call the church in order, we'll do our business here, but just for where you are right now, nobody looking around. If you're in this congregation today, maybe it's your first time here or you've been a while, but you're skeptical about Jesus and salvation and all of that, I just want to say to you, please, please, uh, see me today. Talk to me. Let, me. let me help you with some of that. There are people here. We want to show you how you can have a relationship with Jesus. And I, I would say for our church here today, believers in this congregation, I, whether you're 10 or 90, are you making disciples of all nations? And are you doing so in the authority and in the presence of Jesus Christ? And if you'd say, you know what, my, my work, my family, my whatever has kind of slipped into a little bit more important place in my life than that. I'm not asking you to jettison everything. Of course you've got to live. But maybe right now you need to do some business with the Lord in your heart and say, hey, Father, whatever it is that I do and is going on in my life, I want to submit that to the great task and purpose of making disciples of all nations.